Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hello and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. Simon and I were joined by Martin Keon on an afternoon that saw various interesting managerial shifts on both sides of the border. Martin, what is your take on this? Um, they're getting in Golo Kante. They've already got Karim Benzema. They already before that had Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm talking about Saudi Arabia and uh, the Saudi Arabian clubs doing big business, offering massive money, mouth-watering size money to players maybe that you might suggest coming towards the twilight of their careers and they cannot say no well, because yeah. the money on offer is absolutely ridiculous. But now, at 26, mm. Wolves' Ruben Neves is about to buck that trend that someone who is in his prime appears to be saying yes to Saudi Arabia. What does this tell us? I mean, at the end of the season, Neves at Wolves said, well, let's see what's going to happen. I always say the same thing. I'd love to be here, but I never hide that I want to play Champions League football. Well, he's not going to get that there, is he? No. And one, he may well come back to us, so Jim, at some point, but it's a life-changing contract for him. Uh, there doesn't appear to be obviously any kind of in Saudi Arabia any kind of financial fair play rules at all so they can now come and pick our best players or pl- players that are maybe just below the top shelf I still hope that the the really the good players stay here and there's enough competition and you, what you know why would you go there apart from the money that you're getting um it, you one wonders as if this is a little bit of a route, isn't it, for Bowley to try take players out? I think he's one of his companies, Jim, is it associated with the Saudi Arabia? Well, we're going to get to that very shortly. Um, and but- is that a good way of getting rid of some of you know three Chelsea players all of a sudden? Kante, of course, is on a free though, um, and he'll be a big loss to the Premier League. He could have done a very good job, for instance, for Arsenal, uh, but instead he's going to take a pocket full of money. Uh, you could say, Jim, it's a very short career. Kante's had lots of injuries. While he's been at Chelsea, is there an underlying problem? Is he just taking the money? It's a real shame because yeah, he's not going to. It's about Nevis competition, surely. Nevis is twenty-six, and one breath he says, "I want to play Champions League football." Then he sees the pound. The money's too tempting. Can't say no. It's one hundred percent the money. He can't really deny that. Okay, it's a new opportunity, new league, but it's so much in its infancy that it can't be a proper competition yet. Uh, although the money they're paying is is astronomical. 
Mm. I mean, Wolves probably can't say no. Yeah, sure, 47 million, we'll have mm. that. But Nevis can, surely. The characterisation of this is, is it concerning to see a 26-year-old player and what does it say to other players behind that, that this opportunity... We've seen this before. We saw it with Oscar at Chelsea going to China, China. Yeah. at a certain stage in his career. And certain types of players may take that route. And quite frankly, the Saudis and the Middle Eastern guys are a long way behind the cycle of developing footballers as other leagues and there is an element of they need a bit of help and that will only help they can get is by having the enormous economic resources they've got to be able to attract players to try and build a league which has underlying aspiration of building young players through an academies and all that sort of stuff. Um, I do believe that <laughs> UEFA have no jurisdiction is there, it's none of their business. FIFA can have some jurisdiction about the reality of having an overall perspective of how football leagues should conduct themselves economically. Try having an argument with the Chinese and see how you get on with that. But in this instance, I'm slightly more concerned because we know, with all due respect to whoever, whatever friends we've got in Qatar and people that we've developed relationships with, we know that a significant proportion of the reason why Middle Eastern money is buying sports clubs is because it involves um, uh, influence and creating a culture and using sport for that. And once upon a time, the Chinese could have been uh, put in that camp, but they're not interested in making any opinions of anybody. They'll run their own game, whereas the Middle Eastern guys are, which means they're going to have longer legs, longer appetite for this, because the Chinese soon shut, shut down their mentality. They went, we want homegrown, we want to develop, we want to start putting wage capping in place, and all of a sudden, the Chinese opportunity, which Diego Costa and people like that were going to take advantage of, and mm. were leveraging the English football clubs, I'll go to China, I'll go to China unless I get precisely what I want, that had short legs. Yeah, because the Chinese government shut that down. Correct. They implemented the caps. Correct. The Saudis because won't because, do that. because their agenda for sports was very different to that of the Saudis. That's why this has a little bit more concern about it. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be reflective of the bulk of players taking that pathway. I know that what's going on at this moment in time is bordering upon obscene because the money that's being paid, and people will say it's a global market, it's a fair market, boys can take whatever they want, and there's an element of that. But there is also an element of disruption and underlying objectives that are slightly disconcerting. I am more than happy to help emerging countries have a fair shake at building football leagues. And some of that will be on the basis of attracting talent with the only thing they can possibly attract them with, which is money. Right? But there has to be a scenario where that stops at some point and it cannot be used as a disruptor to disrupt the economic base of football around the world because everyone will be turning around, all the ghastly agents will be saying, I'll take him to Saudi, yeah. I'll take him to Saudi, yeah. I'll take him to Saudi. Precisely. And that's where, not UEFA, that's where FIFA, and then of course what people turn around and say, well hang on, what's FIFA got to do with it? They're the International Federation for Football, not necessarily the domestic game. And that's why UEFA might pop their hat into the mix and say, we'll arbitrate. Well, of course you'll arbitrate because it increases your power base. But the point is, is right now, I don't see, I see Nevis, I go, disappointing, son, because you're hardly going to the poorhouse. Exactly. Exactly. I think that, I think Simon's <clears throat> nailed it. It's disappointing it, it, it is, that he it, chooses the money But will it only, be certain, will it only be certain types of players? He's been at Wolves now. I mean, if you're, if you're a Man City player, you come into the end of your career, you might take it. But if you're somebody in your peak... You're, that's the point. You used to winning trophies. I, I'm looking at Kante, and I, honestly, I feel maybe there's an issue, underlying issue. Oh, with he can go. He's done his bit. He, yeah, he maybe. Go, but, but, but I mean, it's not 26. You wouldn't want to see players, too many player, good players, go there in their prime. 
We well, want to hear, hear in the Premier League. I mean, I think we, alarm bells should go up when we start seeing 21-year-old kids rocking over there yeah. and seeing you know seeing that sort of thing. When we see people getting paydays at the back of end, well, that's the end. That's, the Saudis have got more money than we've ever seen, right? And the balance of deficit payments in these countries with the positive they've got are trillions. We can't even comprehend how much money they've got. And it does slightly concern me that sport will be leveraged for their own ends. Again, I go back to the point, they have a right to build their leagues and the only way they can do it is by attracting talent. Like the Americans in the 70s when they were trying to build the American leagues and they got Pelé over and they got Franz Beckenberg to pay for the Cosmos and they got Peter Beardsley to pay for the Vancouver Whitecaps to try and build leagues up. Yeah. But there was always some commercial sense behind that. This is not about commercial sense. This is about building something on the back of football and paying people astronomical amounts of money and everyone else can go to hell in a handcart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to some bubble, extent. But is the bubble going to burst though, Simon? For who? I mean, no, for the Saudis, number one, how long will this go on for? Number two, are the Saudis ever going to... We're never going to see one of their clubs in the Champions League, are we? So, I mean... Well, no, because, because, they can't, because, because of the continents. Because ultimately, you, you, you might see them in the World Football Club Championships that will suit FIFA, because FIFA will see another opportunity to revenue generate, because ultimately, if they're going to build the World Club Championships, right. it'd be nice to have that region included in it as well, more money, cashing for FIFA. Yeah. But the bottom line is, is that is I don't look at it and say, uh, the same way as we, t- we categorise it with China, this will go on and on and on and on as long as the Saudis want it to, because they're not running out of money or influence desire anytime soon. No, I mean, I mean all Seferin of UEFA has got to offer is that the Saudis should develop their own players. Well, well they'll do that as well. They'll they're do doing that, as well. that as well. But for Neves, when you look at it, Martin, it's a win-win. Roberto Martinez is still going to pick him for Portugal. He's still going to be in that Portuguese squad no matter what. So he will get international football. He won't get Champions League football, but he'll get more money than God, as Simon would say. Well, that's right. But money has become a God in all of this, hasn't it? Because that's what the driver is. That's the thing that's uh, maybe not healthy. Um, in your does, peak, and with Tony bring... Adams, would you have gone there to Saudi? <sighs> Look, I left Arsenal over, over money. So you may be talking to the wrong person. It was only 50 quid. But it was more. It was more about principle. It was a principle I left for ultimately. Um, no, I think I think there's a thing called you know. I mean, the, the, I'm looking at happiness. I'm looking at competition. I'm looking at where I really want to be. Do, do, does he really? Does Nevis really want to be there? But as you say, Martin, regularly, which by the way is tribe. It's a short career. Uh, so he can go over there for well, a couple is, of years. On average, um, it's a very short career. Well, most people's careers are short. Nobody you gets a job for life anymore, do they? You see you've all got, the fantastic stories, all the top pros. There's lots of stories behind the scenes where the, they don't and, make it. And most of them that we're talking about, most people don't have long careers and have careers in life, in jobs forever in a you day. Can but you can one tackle that, away from your career being finished. And that's why you get insurance and get paid out for career-ending career uh, situations sure, like I'm that. I'm sure the insurance doesn't come anywhere near. No, it doesn't, but it's still probably in the millions most for most players. But the point is this is that if we look at the situation with Neves and the opportunities that are available to him, that, you know, you can understand to some extent why he would want to do it. You can understand the ramifications. Well, one reason. Well, yeah, but and it's, it's interesting because we make the case, and we make it for players, that every player that walks on a football pitch wants to win something. Every player that goes into a football dressing room wants to play in the Champions League. I did a conversation with Matt Letizia the other day who spoke specifically and explicitly about not being worried about that. He wanted to entertain and that's why he stayed at Southampton didn't join mm. Tottenham Hotspur and mm. didn't join Chelsea when they offered him contracts. But you see what's going on here, Simon? Last month, Never says, I want Champions League football. Saudi's on the blower. They're going to offer me what? When's the next flight? Well, that tells you more about him. It tells you about the trend. Now, what we're, what we're suggesting is this might be a trend that f- people follow. Tragically, there is a generation of football that comes through looking at the rewards rather than being very good at their jobs. 
We've all seen them in our, I saw them in my academies 10 years ago where they were looking at what Ian Wright comes in the car park driving a Ferrari. Ian, don't bring a Ferrari down to the car park when you're working with the kids because I don't want them to see that side of things. Comes down with a Ferrari. And they see that side of things and they yeah. get caught up with that sort of scenario. Yeah. And you don't want it for them. Yeah. But that sort of player, I always believe that the top players want to be top players and they focus on being top players and they know that the rewards are going to come as a result of being top players. Mm. I think when they get engaged and they start to sit and talking telephone numbers, um, I think it's easy to be judgmental um, and people start looking. at it. The, the longer the season is finished, it's a dangerous period because you start to look maybe at the wrong things. I think maybe when it really the competition starts and it starts to really sink in that the money yeah. is... Of course, he can't say it wasn't worth it, but this boy was going to be a wealthy boy wherever he went. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. A variety of outlets are telling us this morning. Brendan Rodgers in line to be finally confirmed as the new Celtic boss Monday. Oops, that's today. Yeah. Uh, one particular outlet understands that the Brendan, uh, primarily major shareholder Desmond Desmond, may, Dermot Desmond, Desmond Desmond, Dermot Desmond's main target that he and uh, Desmond have agreed on terms and conditions and that this stunning return will take place today. So what do Celtic fans think of that? We spoke about this last week and many came to air with Simon and myself. Some of them saying, yeah, thumbs up, Brendan, welcome back. Others were saying, no, not too sure, considering the way he left us and went to Leicester. This morning, I got in touch with Neil Lennon, who's holidaying out in Portugal at this stage. But that didn't stop Neil being his honest frank self and I said to him first off okay Neil your reaction to Brendan going back to Celtic Park well at first you know I was obviously uh, a bit surprised just on the way that you know Brendan left the last time it's uh, for Leicester but obviously when you when you think about it the, what the board do Jim is about and try and get the best candidate for the job and you know Brendan ticks all the boxes I mean he's a fantastic manager and um, you know he's been there before had Great results the last time. And I think from his point of view, Champions League was obviously a big, big lure for him. You know, they're, they're already qualified for the Champions League. And I think, you know, he'd, he'd really want to get his teeth into that. And I think that's the right way of going about it, really. Endeavour to win the league and endeavour to, you know, further Celtic's reputation in Europe. And, you know, with the quality of teams that and the quality of managers that Brendan will come up against, I think he'll relish it. Neil, is he in for a, a mixed reception considering how he left the last time? I think he will be initially, yeah. I don't think there's, um, you know, we can't get away from that. You know, it was quite sort of acrimonious with the fans anyway, the way he left. The Celtic fans are so emotional and just love their club and they don't understand why anyone would want to leave. So, yeah, it was a, it was a tough time for everyone around the club. I think it'll be important for him, Jim, as well, to recruit well. I think it's important that if he is going to make inroads into the Champions League, then they have to get, you know, some quality in there. And I think that will be one of the, probably one of the major talking points that he had with the board over the last few weeks. Specifically for him at this stage in his career, is it a win-win for him or is it a step back for him? That's a difficult question to answer. You need to ask Brendan that, you know, and how he would see it, you know, because he's, he did great things at Leicester, you know, in the first three or four seasons he was there, you know, almost got in the Champions League twice, won the FA Cup, Europa Conference, I think he was put in a difficult position because he didn't invest in, the, in his last season there. But, you know, he's his own man and he'll have his own ideas on what he wants to do. He'll have great belief in himself and how he wants to go about his job. So I think in terms of um, how it might look from the outside looking in for, for other people, they would think maybe it's a step back. But for me, it's a huge club. 
and uh, managing the Champions League, you know, you don't get that opportunity with many clubs. And I think, um, you know, you'll relish that environment so you will. What do you think, Neil, it does for the dynamic in Glasgow, for the landscape, if you like? Ange Postecoglou has gone to Tottenham. Michael Beale's in at Rangers. What does it mean from a Rangers point of view? Well, Rangers finished the season pretty well. The only problem that Michael had was that, you know, they couldn't get one over on Celtic when, when it really mattered. I mean, they finished the season with 92 points. He's a rebuild there. You know, Morelos is gone. McGregor's gone. Ryan Kent's gone. So, you know, big personalities and, and players around the club. And Michael will want to put his own stamp now, his stamp on the squad. You know, Campbell finished the season well. Uh, I think that was a good signing. Um, there's talk of Jack Butlin going in there, which would, again, improve the goalkeeping department. But he's still got a massive challenge on his hand with the fact that Brendan, you know, an elite manager is going in there and Celtic, you know, being dominant over the last couple of seasons. So it's a huge challenge for Michael and the, and the Rangers team, but I'm sure one that they'll be looking forward to as well. Is Ange Postecoglou the right man for Tottenham? Well, I mean, yeah. For me, he did a marvellous job at Celtic. There's a couple of candidates that, you know, Spurs have spoken to. Then the chase stands. I think it's it's brilliant for him at that stage of his career where he's he's really done the hard yards, Jim. You know, for you know, twenty odd years he's been coaching around the world. He comes to Celtic relatively unknown and did a brilliant job and it's a very exciting time for him. So, you know, I wish him all the very best. He's he was a breath of fresh air for Celtic and you know, the style of football that he played there will really endear himself to the Tottenham fans if you can get that right. And Neil, another club that you played for with real distinction, Leicester City. What happens there? Down to the championship, do they bounce straight back up? Well, that would be, you know, ideal. Obviously, there'll be players leaving, Jim. You know, the likes of Madison and possibly Barnes. Telemans is already gone, so they're going to lose a bit of real genuine quality. It's a rebuild. Uh, I do think they've got the power and the finances and the nucleus of a squad. Two bounce straight back up. You know, Enzo Moresco's got a you know very good reputation in the game as a as a coach, and obviously he's worked under Pep Guardiola. So to bring that sort of um, experience and vibrancy to Leicester will be again like a blank canvas for him. And um, you know, Burnley showed how it could be done this season with Vincent Company. Fulham did it the year before with Marcus Silva. So I think Leicester could be in that position where you know they might just have way too much quality for the rest of the championship. I know you're working under the radar, keen to get back into the game. How imminent or otherwise might that be? Well, uh, you know, I only got back into the UK in April. Obviously, I've been away in, in Cyprus and did some media work, but now I'm looking to, you know, get back in. So it's obviously a very competitive market. So it's sometimes it's a question of just being patient. I've been offered a couple of jobs already, which I just felt weren't right for me. Um, but at, at the same time, I want to work. I think my best years are in front of me. I'm 52 this week and, uh, you know, still got a, a lot of coaching, a lot of drive still with me. So hopefully, you know, the right project will come up for me in the not too distant future. But it's always good to speak to you guys as well, like, you know, and, um, you know, I'm excited about what the future holds for me in the next couple of years. Good luck to, to Neil, who's going to be back in the game, Simon, sooner than later. I still think Neil's got a lot to offer. Um, where's your head with this? I, I, I know you've been quite, you've been quite scathing regards Brendan in in that yeah well I think he, he deserves he played it a, yeah I, I mean I don't, you think don't that, let up in this that he played a major part in no Leicester's because I think they get away demise. with it I think they get away with it I think he should get all applauded for winning an FA Cup I think he should get all applauded for the achievements that he's done with Celtic and the trophies that he won there uh, won there um, and I think they should have the 
the flip side of it when they don't do something particularly well. I think Leicester sitting in the championship because Brendan Rodgers didn't fancy managing them when it got difficult. Yeah, yeah, fine. He should have got better players. He should have been able to get a bit more recruitment. Or maybe he should have been able to change it up. Or maybe you should have just done a little bit more and, and you've gotten away with it. Now, going to Celtic, will he do a job? Of course he'll do a job. Of course he'll do a job. Um, because he's good enough to do a job at Celtic. Um, and unless, of course, that he's allowed himself to drift in such a situation where he can't get himself out of second gear. I shouldn't imagine so. It's an interesting it's an interesting climb down, sideways move or backward step, whichever way you want to look at it. Celtic, mm. huge football club. Mm. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah. He didn't go to Scotland, so he could end up back in Scotland. It's perfect, though, isn't it, for Celtic? You see, Jim, that's Jim, a point. Jim, just, before, just before we leave that, Simon, your final point there. Well, he didn't, he didn't go, go to Scotland to end back up in Scotland. Yeah, he went to Scotland to rebuild after Liverpool and to give himself an opportunity to come back to the Premier League. And he's come back from the Premier League you know, he's he's a recidivist. He's sliding backwards into the Scottish leagues because, again, he needs to rebuild. So is it cruel to think, Martin, that he might have used Celtic so you're suggesting somewhat as a stepping, stepping stone well, I think and then might use it as again? I, I don't think Celtic will mind too much if he can win, you know, two back-to-back trebles as he did the first time round, um, seven trophies that he won. I think it's a perfect for Celtic to get him back in there, the quality that he has. I think from Brendan's point of view, nobody would have expected this story to have, have turned out this way to end, back, end up back at Celtic. But from Celtic, I think it's a fantastic appointment for them. I hope, Rangers, I hope Rangers are at it, right? Because it's one thing going and smashing the league when you've got much competition. I hope Rangers are back, back at it. So then we can see how good he is. Then we can see, because if, if he slides back into Scotland and Rangers aren't much opposition, it's all going to look great. When really and truly, it isn't, uh, you know, the job, that I, and I like Brendan, I really like him as a bloke. And for years, I've always been a major advocate for him. I was talking to him about him in conjunction when we talked about, well, okay, okay, then who would you put in England manager's job? And I mm. said, Brendan Rogers is a Do you think he's right to take this job? Do you think he should have waited or re- tried to rebuild well, his career a different way? But what's right for Brendan Rogers? Only he can do fine. We can all pontificate on it. But he's is it safe one. though? Is this a comfort? Is this to suggest maybe? Right, it looks uh, that way. Well, yeah, yeah, it does look. I that mean, way. maybe he's hurting after after the Leicester situation. I mean, that would have hurt his ego massively, surely. I mean, he never felt that. He, I mean, there's lots of clubs were chasing Brendan Rogers. All of a sudden, now he was sacked. Yeah, I think it's got to be this I don't time, think it was Martin. Sacked, though. Okay, Brendan, come back. Sure. All right, we want you. Yeah, you, and he is a top coach, as you rightly say. This time, what can you do for us in Europe? Yeah, but it'd be unfair what for Brendan. What can you do in Europe? He's got to. I mean, wholeheartedly, he's going to be giving everything, Nothing. surely, for Celtic, isn't he? Because this no, is a huge club. The Champions League last. Can do. Champions League was was no, but was, this was time, can you win a European trophy? Well, you're back here. Can you do it? I don't know if they can. Well, Martin, I, don't, I, do you, I don't see them win the Champions League. No, of course not. But so they, there's but this not going to happen. They, I mean, they just they need to get out of the group. They, it's stage by stage. They can it? drop into the Europa League, can't mm. they? Yeah. And, they yeah. and, and we've seen Scottish teams progress and we've seen yeah. English teams progress. Yeah. And if you get the right draws in the Europa League, you find yourself in a Europa League final. That's right. Well, the last Champions League uh, was an embarrassment, wasn't it, this year? Two well, points. That, but that's my point. This time... Not as embarrassing as Rangers. This time... Yeah, that's right. This time, what can you do in Europe? Yeah, it's got to be. That's what he'd be looking to do, but he obviously needs to look after the domestic title. Do you think that's well. what it is? Do you genuinely think that that's what's being said to him? Or do you look at it and go, geez, we've got a great big hole just punched in our midriff by the departure of Ange Postacoglu. Let's have a look around and see which makes sense. Yeah, but it's a gift, isn't it? He's, he's managing in the Champions League. So you will look at the, some of the, the incentives for going, it's got to be one of them that was high on that list. Yes, but and that's if a all good that point. falls away, that's a good point. if all that falls away, it's like, well, okay, it maybe looks a bit it's a bit hollow for because no matter how many more times he wins the Scottish Premier League, we're still going to say, well look, you've got to go do that in that's England right. first. Yeah, and that's he's not right. going to get the same dough, I shouldn't think, as he gets in the English Premier League managing in Scotland, do you think? No I don't think he will, will he? No, no. Uh, well he's about to earn more than any Celtic manager has ever earned. Do we know the salary 
of it. Uh, we don't know precisely, but it is thought it's significant. Th- but is it's it significant, significant in comparison with Premier League salaries? There One no thing to show the budget he's going to work with is significantly lower than what he'd been working. Yeah, with but yeah, but he knows that. Sure, but then so is the quality of opposition they're playing on a weekly basis. And we've seen we had this argument made about what happened last season, and oh, they did all right, Celtic. They, you know, they look at the game they put up against Real Madrid. Yeah, but they were playing against a few other sides in that in that competition in that league that were Shakhtar Donetsk and other sides that and I can't remember the other one, but they weren't huge budgets. There wasn't mm. a massive disparity between the sixty or seventy million a quid a year mm. that Celtic bring in. Yeah, you know, finding out exactly what Celtic's wage bill is 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 like getting a coherent answer from you sometimes, Martin. I can't actually <laughs> find it. Um, oh, really? No. Even with a sore throat, it's still interesting. It's interesting because maybe two, three years, Brendan again. Do we see him back again in the Premier League? Do we see him on this journey once more? Well, that's the point. And where so. where I mean, do we see him? He's only, what is he, 50-odd, mm. if that? I mean, is this it? Is this it? Is he no, I, I think it? there's no, other things. Of course I not. think he's hugely ambitious. I do think he's an excellent coach as well, unlike Simon. I do think no, I think he's a good coach. I think no, he, just, I think he, he lost his he way and he stopped loving his players at Leicester. And he, was, he wasn't supported in the way that he wanted. He went... <laughs> He went for it, didn't he, when they went out of the FA Cup? He, he accused the players of not being good enough. Mm. Um, basically, one or two. Of I just got this image of Brendan Rodgers walking up to his players and going, "Hello, I love you." It's in my mind. There's uh, a thing. There's a thing about players playing for managers and people that care for them in a way that they never play for any other manager. That's what happens if you can get that. When you see Pep, the way he talks to his players, you're seeing it there. You're 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Brendan Rodgers back at Celtic. Celtic have uh, appointed Brendan Rodgers as a new coach. Uh, he's there for a second time. Of course he is. It's a three-year deal. Back with that in a second. In the meantime, let's head back to Edgebaston up at Birmingham and find out what's going on in the Ashes Test. Here's John. Well, we've had a wicket. And for the third time in this match, an England batter has got himself out by advancing down the track to Nathan Lyon, missing the ball and finding himself well short of the crease when the wicketkeeper Alex Carey has completed the stumping. Roots uh, at 55 ball knock has uh, come to an end, much to the disappointment of another packed crowd here in Birmingham. He goes for 48, uh, and it means England's lead now, 136. Ben Stokes, a new batter at the crease. He was out for just one in first innings. Harry Brooks still there as well. 36 not out, but Root has gone. Lyon has struck. England 129 for four. John, thank you very much indeed. Back here, it's announced. Brendan Rodgers is back at Celtic. Uh, It's a three-year deal for him. Brendan is saying, I'm really delighted to return to the club, but it was a very simple decision for me and my family. Um, On Postacoglu, going to Tottenham, he says, Ange has done some brilliant work across the last two years, and I'll be doing all I can do to maintain Celtic's momentum as we face into all our domestic and European challenges. He says, the club's in fantastic condition at all levels. We will work very closely together as we strive to bring that success to our supporters. Let's get to work. So it's a bit of a rallying cry from Brendan, yeah, uh, do, Simon. And do. that's what the fans will want to hear. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he there's no doubt that he did a decent job at Celtic before he left. He's coming back at a time when Celtic were in particularly good nick. All his Christmases have come at once. Mm. If he's got comparable wages for being in the Premier League, for being in Scottish football, then and he's got European football, as Martin quite rightly pointed out, then, you know, despite my my uh, attitude towards his failings at Leicester, there's no doubt he'll do a decent job at Celtic. Yeah. There's no doubt. Why would he not? And He's in Europe? It. Well, depends who they get drawn against first around. Yeah, so. but that's got to be the big one. This is Celtic. That's got to be the big one. This time, got to go deep in a European 
competition, surely. Yeah, but he wants to look after the domestic situation so he can be in the Champions League again year on year. And then they get the finances they need to build the squad he wants. Uh, he signed a three-year deal. So it'd be interesting to see how far they go uh, in the Champions League in years to come. But mm. of course, they've got to overcome Rangers first Manic to do that each season. Do you regard this as an upgrade, Simon, on Ange? No, not as it sits right now because Ange has gone into the Premier League and Brendan's been banished back to Scotland because that's the opportunities available for him. If there were a better opportunity in the Premier League, Brendan Rodgers would be in the Premier League. So the direction of travel for these two managers is very different. Sliding doors moment, isn't it? It's yeah, just, see. yeah, I mean, we will see. I mean, listen, I think Brendan Rodgers is a very, very talented coach. I'm not a huge admirer of his last amount of work but ultimately when he went into Leicester he won in the FA Cup he was pretty good at Liverpool for a period of time and then Klopp took it onto a different level and made and made made him look pedestrian by comparison he's done well at Celtic he's back there now he wants but, to work doesn't he he's a man who needs to be in work he's very rarely been out of work when you look at his his record yeah. over the years youth team coach at Chelsea wasn't he originally another one in part of Mourinho's group yeah. to come through so he's learned a great deal um, he won't really I suppose convince people until he gets If I mean you'd You'd have thought maybe a Spurs, maybe a Spurs or that type of club. I know people at Arsenal might have thought um, when things went wrong with Emery, they were looking in that direction. But he's going back to the drawing board in a way. Well, convince people, Simon, in that if you go at the Champions League early, early, this side of Christmas, then that's not convincing anybody. Well, first of all, it depends who you're drawn against, right? So if you're drawn against sides that are measurably much more uh, bigger and significantly bigger... Um, uh, squads and uh, wages and all that goes with it then it's a slightly difficult comparison if he goes into the drops into the Europa League and stinks that out then that argument become more prevalent because you're a little bit more level for yeah, playing yeah, field there yeah. but listen he will do a good job there's no doubt he will do a good job for Celtic because he's capable of it okay well when you look at it Martin if you if you get back to back trebles yeah you've done something pretty darn good at, at Celtic and Brendan achieved a lot there if he eclipses that then goodness knows where he could take them. Jim, it's, it's a difficult one because we know the enormity and what a huge size of cl- football club that is. But when you've had all the wealth and the riches of being in the Premier League at Leicester, it is a, de- a backward step in terms of resources, in terms of potentially where he could go with that club. Even in Europe, one would have assumed that in, in Le- Leicester he could have established and done better. Never did particularly well in, in Europe with Leicester. So, you know, this is one of where I think he's going back to a, a safe haven. Mm. to people that know him and love him and he wants to build and give them the best he can. Yep. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I don't think we can be saying that this is a... Look, ordinarily, historically, Celtic won the uh, Champions League, didn't they? What was it? 63 or... 67. 67. 1967. So they've, you know, this is a huge club, hasn't it, for many years, but now they don't... It's not a level, level playing field. First that they British club to win the European Cup. Before Manchester United, yeah. Mark, big Celtic fan. They won it the following year. Mark's a big Celtic fan uh, and is going to give us uh, the supporters' reaction this lunchtime. Mark, good afternoon. So, uh, so Brendan, back at Celtic. You're taking it, Mark. Hi, good, good afternoon, gentlemen. How are we doing? Good afternoon, Mark. Good to have you on. What, what do you think of this? Well, firstly, I spoke to you a few weeks ago when Ange left, uh, a couple of weeks back. I remember, uh, yeah. Basically, I, I want to take Simon to task on, on his view of this appointment. Uh, basically, I, to suggest that Celtic is somehow a backward step for Brendan, I think is uh, entirely disrespectful to our club. Uh, the, the only is, is that what I did then? Left, well, the, the only reason that he left Simon uh, back in the day, if you listen to what he said at the time and subsequent interviews thereafter, he said that the only reason he left was lack of investment by the club. 
felt he could take it to another level. The board and the, the chairman didn't quite agree and didn't back him the funds necessary to do that. He went to Leicester, done very well, all right, in the end it went a bit south, but he came back now, and he must be coming back on the promise that he's going to get significant funds to spend. He's now becoming the highest paid manager we've ever had in our history. He would be in the region of sort of four to five million pounds a year, which for us is huge. Uh, and if he takes Celtic to any sort of level of success in Europe, be that second groups, you know, the last 16 of the Champions League or indeed the latter stages of the UEFA Cup, that will go down as his greatest ever achievement in football, quite frankly. Let's just pick, let's let's just, let's pick up the observation that what comes out of manager's mouth a lot of the time is pretty much self-serving. So the idea that Brendan Rodgers didn't want to get back to the Premier League with a significant opportunity for a side like Leicester City that were going all right at the time, um, and we're going to give him huge opportunities. The reasons why he left Leicester City, prime, uh, left Celtic in the first place, may well be what he wants to tell you, which was a lack of investment. But I also would I would wager to you that it was also the Premier League and the fact that Leicester were a side that were capable of competing in the Premier League and doing well in the Premier League. Now, we will see if you are right, because if he comes back and Celtic don't give him inordinate amounts of investment, then your argument will be shot mm. in flames, mm. won't it? If they do, then he'll have been able to prove the point that he's been able to leverage some investment out of them. But if you genuinely believe the only reason he left Celtic is because of lack of investment, then I'm sorry you're a little bit naive about how football managers work. I have to disagree with that, Simon. I think the, the, he had a, a difficult relationship with Peter Lowell. That was that was well known. Uh, he believed he wanted to go in one direction. Lowell, mm. who was, was then chief executive, he's no longer. He's now chairman. So he's not got the same sort of power that he once had in terms of... But Mark, would you not decisions. concede that if Brendan had had a great season this season with Leicester, he wouldn't be coming back, would he? Yeah, I'd accept that. Yeah, obviously he was out of work, so where's he going to go? But I think he's, he probably feels as though he's, seen, he's been there and done it in England now. He's managed Liverpool, arguably the biggest club in the league, outside Man U, and you know, true, yeah. Anyway, yeah, he, he took he took Leicester to FA Cup, and he, can't, he took them as far as he could, and then it started to go south. Quite frankly, uh, where's he going to go next? He's not going to take Spurs any further. He's not going to get the Arsenal or the City gig. So Celtic is the biggest and best job that he can get right now. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Well, the world of football never fails to surprise us, and not for the first time it's done it again. Bournemouth, who finished 15th in the Premier League, five clear of safety, and live to fight again in the Premier League next season, have just parted company with their head coach, Gary O'Neill. Um, we are hearing that Gary leaves the club after overseeing 37 matches last season, initially on an interim basis before formally uh, being appointed to his first head coach role and that was back in November and of course he steered them to Premier League safety which in itself was quite an amazing feat because many people had uh, Bournemouth uh, one of their candidates to drop to the championship that didn't happen and Bournemouth lived to fight again as I say next season Bournemouth's owner and chairman the American Bill Foley say, says his lunchtime Gary's achievement last season is one I will always be grateful for this has been a difficult decision but it has been made with great consideration to best position ourselves ahead of the coming season. So it seems, Simon, like this is a, a Bill Foley decision and O'Neill has gone. What's your take on that? Yeah, it doesn't feel like there's very much reward in there for Gary to have done the job that he's done. The reward is that he seems to have been out the door. When he signed the contract back in um, November of last year when he was offered the job, he was given an 18-month contract, wasn't he? Yeah. With a view to extending it by another year at some point whoever had the option I'm not sure whether it was with the manager or with the club probably with the club mm. um, I mean Bournemouth came in and spent some dough I mean the American came in and spent some money in January you know not an insignificant amount as well to give him additional tools it doesn't feel I mean I wouldn't have put Gary I mean we've been in his company um, oh I know. I, I know I wouldn't put him in the camp of being difficult to deal with I don't think he's a paid up member of the awkward squad like his predecessor who had a lot to say for himself and got himself out the door. But this is a very considered, uh, you know, statement. It talks about... It is. You know, this has been a difficult decision. It's been made with great consideration to best position ourselves ahead of the coming season. And it goes on to talk about what's best for the club. Yeah. Now, I can't quite work out why Gary O'Neill, prima facie, who's done a very good job... Yeah. Would be in a situation where he finds himself on the other side of this. And they go on to say that he's going to be a great manager somewhere else. So, well, okay, again... Right. Seems brutal, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Well, the, Bournemouth uh, fans, Martin, will be as surprised as we are here by this news. We had no no idea this is coming. I mean, normally, obviously, we in this business, we get wind of uh, when somebody may be unseated at a football club. This has come totally out of the blue. 03717 Bournemouth fans, give us a call on that. Simon's absolutely right, Martin. When you look at Foley's statement, We've also identified a number of significant targets in the transfer market this summer and believe this change, the change with O'Neill, in direction is going to provide us with the best platform from which to build. So in other words, 
We've identified transfer targets. We're going to move for them, but they're not going to be working with Gary O'Neill. No, and maybe there's a bigger name coming to the club. Maybe there's somebody who's not in work right now who's coming to the club that they've identified. He's become available and precipitated this move because Mm -hmm. it's, it's quite a shock. This might be because somebody special has come to the table. So let's watch Jim and see. Um, an announcement's imminent of the um, new manager. It really, it really is one of those, Simon. Like, what more can a man do? Uh, O'Neill was up against it constantly last season. He would hear on Talk Sport and elsewhere in all the various media outlets that the, the first man who's destined for the sack, according to the bookies' odds, Gary O'Neill, who was very who's proud t- to well. go down Bournemouth. Yeah, but when you saw when you saw um, his interviews at the end of the season, he was, he was so proud of what he'd helped to achieve at that football club. You know, when I, I think I saw the, the game at Nottingham Forest away where they were 2-0 down, Jim, and you, you, he knew there that he was going after that job and he got his team back in, got them level, and he went for the victory to win the game 3-2. And it was like, you yeah. looked, okay, he's got an edge to him, this guy. He wants the job. He clearly wants to be the manager. I'm, I'm pretty certain he'd be devastated here today. Um, but, you know, he's given himself a platform where he's demonstrated That's he can be done. a very good manager. That's yeah. what he's done. I mean, he's turned a circumstance into an opportunity. So people will remember the fact that he kept the team in the Premier League for the bulk of the season because he did that job. It wasn't done as a... It's his uh, work. It's his work. Now, Martin makes a good point that we don't know whether the reality of some highfalutin name, I hope it's not some crank American appointment that's based upon some perception of maybe someone worked very well at RB somewhere along the line and can subsequently do that at Bournemouth. And by that I mean, I hope we're not going to see the second coming of Jesse Marsh. But you never know with these situations... Um, for me, I mean, I'm trying to read behind the lines, trying to having fired quite a few managers and put a few of these statements out. Yeah, I'm trying to read between the lines and say what is it they're saying here. To me, it just looks like they don't believe that this guy is going to take them forward. The new American owner has got different views of what they should and could be doing, and made a decision. Yeah, but what does that look like taking a club like Bournemouth forward? Gary O'Neill was taking them forward, it taking look- them into another season in the Premier League. It, it looks like. Um, you know, God is just messaging me at the moment saying he can't speak. So at some stage when he can speak, he'll speak to us, I'm sure. Go on. Um, it looks like they've made a directional change based upon a name. You know, you never know where these guys, there's influence down there. People like Harry Redknapp in people's ears. Next thing you know, Frank Lampard might pop up um, and be part of the equation. Um, you never know. Never know. Um, uh, okay, John's a big Bournemouth fan. John, uh, good afternoon. Thanks for being one of the first to call in. And now many Bournemouth fans are following suit. What's your take on this? O'Neill's gone. I'm really shocked. Um, I didn't expect it at all. Um, I think I think the, the club are going in the right direction. I think Gary O'Neill did a really good job. But ultimately, there were, there were results, there were patches where it wasn't great. Towards the end of the season, we lost five on the bounce. And I just think it's the new owners wanting to bring their own man to the club. It's, it seems pretty brutal, John. Uh, does it not? You know, at this stage, when he, he's obviously got his mind set and going into another Premier League season with you boys, and then this happens. Yeah, it, it is brutal. Um, you, no Bournemouth fan would have expected it. I think there was a, a time towards the end of the season where maybe... We thought potentially a new manager might come in. I know a lot of fans were up and down with him, um, but I just didn't expect it now. John, I've th- got listen, no idea who's coming in. Understood. Thanks for the call. Toby's another Bournemouth fan who's equally bemused. Uh, Toby, good afternoon. What, what do you think? A new gone. Nobody could have expected uh, this. Afternoon, guys. I, I wouldn't say expected it, but I think if you listen to the words that was coming out of the owner and how he's sort of 
build-up that he wants to take the club forward. I'm not massively surprised, to be honest. I think the timing's probably quite fair, to be honest, at the, well before the start of the new season. Really? Oh, I, did, you, did you half expect this then, Tori? Uh, uh, I did the way that I think we, we were safe last year, but we didn't really massively impress in doing it the last few games. I think like the last caller John said, we, we, we weren't spectacular in, in, the, uh, in the final games. And I think this guy's got a game plan and he, he must be looking at transfers, looking at a new manager. And if you're not going massively forward, I think we'd be really struggling next year to, to be fighting down the bottom. Yeah, so but that's next year though, there. Toby. It, uh, surely if you're Bill Foley, my man, Gary O'Neill, did what I wanted him to do. He, he did, but then it's part of the plan. I think, like people have said, probably with Eddie Howe up at Newcastle, there's a time in he's got them set. He's got them safe. When it comes to the next stage and progressing onwards, are they going to go for someone that's going to really propel them forward like you've seen with probably Emery at Aston Villa? What, what a job he's done. If you get someone else in like that and you get five, six more top players, are they going to go to the next level? And was Gary O'Neill part of that at Bournemouth? Probably not in the owner's fort. So he's made the call early, which you can't really fault him for, rather than letting us get three or four games in three or four losses or unconvincing draws and then pulling in mid-September and they're being, you've got, you know, new players coming in, new manager. So I, I think he's, he's, he's done the right thing. Okay. You think he's done the right thing too? I mean, the fans of other clubs, this is unusual actually this lunchtime. Because fan, fans of other clubs, uh, Simon, there's Rob, a Leicester City fan. Got to say, I'm listening to you. Very harsh and Gary O'Neill. Mm. Um, th there's another one. Um, Manchester United fan um, who is that Diane listening to you it's dreadful for O'Neill and I'm a Manchester United fan nasty it is nasty it seems it's nasty right well I don't know if it's nasty or not it's just the the, the, the reality of of no sentiment being deployed mm. and too much too often is deployed based upon sentiment and certainly through certain segments of the media or certain segments of fan base when it comes down to it if the owner says I don't believe this guy is going to kick us on I've just bought this football club I'm going to back it right. I'm going to push it I also need a draw I need someone that's name can be indexed to signing big players and he's a lure this guy O'Neill has done a great job for me he's done a solid return I'm going to pay him all up there's going to be no dispute about his contract here you go here's 18 months money yeah. and you've got yourself a career in front of you now because okay. of the opportunity so looking, I, think, I think it's just not sentiment. I, I wonder, Jim, losing the last four games of the season, did the owner think, hold oh, it, there's a doubt here? You know, I bet they were safe, as, as good a job as he's done. Safe. Yes, but okay, they lost the, the last two games by the odd goal, Newcastle, and they lost away at Everton, didn't they? Yeah. In, in that decisive game. Yeah. Uh, maybe they felt, you know, we need to do something different here. We don't okay. want to be in a situation making changes at the very beginning of next season. Well, he's a very bright man, uh, Gary O'Neill. We've had him in the studio on numerous occasions, Sam. He's always impressed us and knows the game inside out. So there'll be no shortage of suitors for Gary. But in the meantime, he's out of job. He's not going into the next season with Bournemouth. And Bournemouth now looking for a new man to replace Gary O'Neill, who has parted company with Bournemouth this lunchtime. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back tomorrow. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 